I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit AbyssBattery.com. Taste the Mediterranean through March 19th at Whole Foods Market. Save on animal welfare certified bone-in beef short ribs, sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon, and more. Find sales on Parmigiano-Reggiano charcuterie and ground lamb. Grab an olive bull bread from the bakery. Plus, wines from the Mediterranean start at just $8.99. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snow White. Thank you for downloading this podcast. My name is Rob Snow White, and this is the 14th year of the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. This episode, I call up Rabbi Eric Eisenkramer. He's the rabbi of Temple B'nai Shalom in East Brunswick, New Jersey. He's the author of the blog, The Fly Fishing Rabbi. Rabbi Eric is also co-author, along with Reverend Michael Addis, of Fly Fishing, The Sacred Art, published by Skylight Paths which explores the spiritual side of casting a fly. Rabbi Eric and his wife live with their two children in East Brunswick, New Jersey. I called up Rabbi Eric to discuss Shared Friends, The Movie, Reform Jewish Culture and Cuisine, Fly Fishing the Garden State, and Argentina, and we talk more about food. This is what my people do. I sure could go for a sandwich right now with a half-sour pickle, Dr. Brown's on the side. That sounds pretty good to me. Listen to this podcast. Read the blog. It hasn't been updated in a couple years, but the book is still relevant and everything is still relevant in fly fishing because fly fishing and the fish haven't changed. So this is my conversation with Rabbi Eric. And we discuss a little bit about the blizzard in Buffalo. This occurred before the massive six feet of snow. So there were two storms, but this is the first podcast of the 14th year. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob. Shalom, Rabbi Eric. How are you today? Doing well yourself. I am great. Uh, All right, Rabbi Eric, where are you right now? I'm guessing rainy New Jersey. 
I am in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, at least it's not snowing, but it is raining today. Yeah, we're supposed to get two inches here. The Potomac's going to go up over a foot. Whoa. Yeah. And it's. Gonna... Uh, I, I guess you could do the winter fishing, but I'm not. I don't know. It's a little little cold right now, huh? Yeah. And yeah, I don't want to go out. There's probably going to be a lot of wind behind this storm too. It's been going across the country for five days now. At least we're not in Buffalo. Didn't they get like six feet or something? Yeah, I would love to go there with provisions and just get a hotel room and watch that. <laughs> just want to experience that. Did you see that they had those pictures, though, where the snow, I don't know if it was in Buffalo or some other place, where the snow went up to the windows in the garage. I mean, I think that'd be a problem, though. You know, if you like couldn't, you know. Yeah, there's a certain point where if, if you can't, move outside physically with yourself or a car because it's too deep that's that's when it gets scary but i've i've only seen that steelhead fishing nice yeah don't yes. get that down here anymore it yeah. did sleet this morning there was a two-hour delay wow it sounded like it was raining nerds candy all night on the roof i uh i call my snowblower the beast i bought one of those big like ones you know the gas powered and yeah. you know and it really like snow. rumbles you know when it's going down the driveway and all that so i tell my kids i'm like we gotta fire up the beast get ready yeah and then when you bought it did it stop snowing you know it did for a while of course yes but you know so you, you do the math like you figure out you know how much am i paying per snowstorm to you know and every time it snows at least you get a little bit better in your math you know per snowstorm what you're paying to, to shovel <laughs> yeah i i have mine sitting in the shed they're just collecting dust i don't know what's i think there's a boat on them and maybe my bed frame for my xterra there you go use. yeah 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 do you have a celebrity doppelganger or anyone in the congregation that said, Rabbi Eric, you, know, you kind of look like? I would say I was thinking about it. I was thinking of Zach Braff from the show Scrubs, you know, and, uh, you know, that was a great show. You know, he was like a medical student and uh, it was really fun, uh, uh, you know, and all their uh, trying to heal people and a kind of comedy. I think we're both we're both healers, as it were. He's a, uh, you know, a medical healer. And I try to do some spiritual help and, and support. The, the only the real difference between us is, is uh, he has a lot more hair. So what can right. I tell you? I just took my hat off. You can see all my crazy. Oh, hair. you're looking great. Yeah. He also did Jersey State, the movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was a great one. Yep. Mm -hmm. All yeah. right. So I was going to grab my copy of A River Runs Through It to ask you about the opening biblical lines in that. I figured that'd be a good place to start. Absolutely. Um, so is it true what was said in the book about dry fly fishing on the Sea of Galilee? Oh, you know, that's a very, yes, yeah, he said uh, that uh, all the best uh, fly fishermen on the Sea of Galilee were dry fly fishermen. And, uh, you know, that can be there ne neither be confirmed nor denied. We'd have to get a time machine to really, uh, to really figure that one out. But, but I would like to think that's true because, uh, you know, there's nothing more gratifying than seeing the trout rise to the uh, dry fly, that's for sure. And, uh, um, you know, I, of course, love the opening line in that book, uh, which is in my family, there was no clear division between religion and fly fishing. And uh, that's uh, certainly true for me, too. Uh, it's, uh, it's a beautiful book. All right. So we have to explain to people how this is all also happening today um, through what I've always used the term as Jewish geography and, and then how we all know each other. Uh, so not only did I go to camp pretty much my child, entire childhood with a rabbi friend of yours, but you know my girlfriend's aunt. Right, that's right, that's right. Who? Uh, that's uh, Ju uh, Judy. Aunt Judy. 
Yeah, Aunt Judy, yeah, she's a really a very nice, uh, lovely person and her husband, Howard. They're members of my congregation here in uh, central New Jersey and East Brunswick. And uh, yeah, it was so funny because she called me and she was like, so she's your she's your aunt, right? My no, she's your wife's aunt. Girlfriend. Oh, excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Yeah. Well, take it easy there. My, uh, your, your girl, your girlfriend's aunt. Uh, that's right. And, uh, so she's like, yeah, my, uh, my niece has this boyfriend and he's really into fly fishing and you should definitely, you know, reach out to him. So I'm like, sure. And, uh, and that's how we, uh, we found our connection. And then, you know, Colin and Kelly. Oh, and yes. 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 Yeah. They're mm. Fantastic musicians. When they play in, Asbury Park. I need to go up and see them because my cousin lives in Asbury Park or next to it. Asbury is the best. Asbury is like one of the best uh, beach towns in New Jersey. We go there every summer, me and my family. And uh, they have this, uh, I, you know, I, I wish I'd asked them for a sponsorship, but they have this great pizza restaurant called the Tallulah's there. It's just outstanding. You know, like the real, you know, margarita pie with the fresh mozzarella. It's just delicious. And uh, I love going there. And um, it's a great beach town. It has a fun vibe. And uh, yeah, we go there like half a dozen times every summer. So my cousins live in Ocean Grove. Is there anything in the pond between Ocean Grove and Asbury Park? I'm sure there is. Yeah, Ocean Grove is like the town right next to it. And right. uh, yeah, no, Very that's warm. a yeah, no. We could we could definitely we could definitely find out. We could definitely we could definitely find out. I think that's a pretty unpolluted pond. So I think you know I think I think it'd be all right in that one. And eat. then we'll get to food later. But you've been to Frank's Diner. In, in no, is that in Asbury? Yeah, it's yeah. No, I have to check that one out. I'll have to yeah. check that one out. Now I go to Tallulah's and we, oh, and then the other one I really love there is Mogo, which is Korean tacos and uh, like a long line on the beach. You get your tacos and go, go sit out and enjoy the sun. It's terrific. Yeah. I have a good time when we go up there. It's very peaceful and relaxing, but I never bring fishing gear. Yeah. I mean, you could fish the, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I think you get the, the stripers, I'm sure come in there in September, you know, you can do along the Jersey shore. You could certainly, you know, go for the stripers. Uh, that's one of those things I just, I need, that's on my list. I don't know why I haven't done any, uh, the ocean fishing, but I'm gonna, I have to work on my double haul. I think that's the problem. Okay. Well, when I come up, we'll go do some double hauling. Sounds great. Yeah. So how did you get into fishing? So I'm from St. Louis originally. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad used to take me to the uh, Bass Lakes. There was a place we went to called Bush's Wildlife, uh, about an hour outside of St. Louis. And we used to go in the, you know, like when I was young and get there, get on the dock at like, you know, seven in the morning. And we fished with the, uh, the bobbers, you know, the, the red and the white one, half red, half white. And they sat there and we caught the, and the night crawlers and all that. And then, uh, in 1992, I saw, uh, a movie you might be familiar with called The River Runs Through It, the movie. And I was hooked, you know, on the just beautiful Montana scenery and the grace of the fly casting. And I said, I got to give this a try. So I went to the local uh, fly fishing store and I got uh, my uh, first rod. I got a, a St. Croix nine foot uh, five weight rod. Uh, it served me very well for about 15 years. And uh, it was a great rod. And I started started to give it a try. And then when in your life did you decided to go become a rabbi. So I, uh, right near when I was going uh, to college, I- um, Did you go to school? Where'd you go to school? I went to Tufts in Boston. Uh, I, you know, I was getting more interested in Judaism and uh, I uh, started taking some uh, Jewish classes and there was a, a rabbi at Tufts. His name is uh, Jeff Summit. He's retired now. And he uh, was a real mentor for me. And I just started getting more and more interested and started learning more and studying more. And I realized, you know, I wanted to learn 
continue to learn about Judaism and I wanted to help people. It's a helping profession. You know, we're, uh, you know, it's one of the most important things I do is really try to help people in, in good times and celebrate the good times and also help them when they're struggling and, and dealing with difficulties. Absolutely. So you went to rabbinical school after that. I did. Yep. We, uh, uh, I was, uh, I uh, was at the Hebrew Union College. I spent one year, my first year in Jerusalem, and then I spent four years uh, in New York City. And I've been in the New York City area for about uh, 20 years now. Wow. Did you fish when you were in, you were in Queens? So I lived in Brooklyn and in Queens, and I did fish. Um, there's a great uh, uh, park. It's actually a state park on Long Island. It's about, uh, I don't know, about an hour, hour and a half east of the city. And it's called uh, Conaquat. And uh, it is a, you know, it's a, um, a fisher, you know, a uh, where they uh, raise the fish there. I can't remember the word right now. And uh, just, you know, and they stock this river. It's a spring, it's a, a spring fed stream. It flows out to the, to the uh, uh, Long Island Sound. And, you know, you've got your little spots and you, you've got to get there early and reserve your spot. And then you hike through the woods and you, you get out there and there's a ton of fish. And, uh, and I love, I love going there. It was a lot of fun. So for those that may not know, what did you study when you were in rabbinical school? So, uh, you know, you study a lot of things in rabbinical school. I, I learned to speak the Hebrew language, um, and I studied the holy books of Judaism, the, the Torah, which is the Jewish Bible, and the Talmud, which is uh, uh, another large book that is commentary. And then uh, you also study some practical things like how to, how to officiate at weddings and funerals, and, and then you study how to uh, what they call pastoral work, where you're trying to help people and reach out to them in times of need. So it's a really diverse uh, curriculum. And uh, and then I also had some you know practical uh, experiences. So I I was a student rabbi in a small congregation in Brooklyn with a rabbi who has since passed away. His name was Rabbi Cloner, and he was a a rabbi of a small temple, and he also uh, was a, a navy chaplain, which was kind of neat. So uh, and I enjoyed working with him. And when did you graduate? So I was uh, ordained in 2003, and I'm in my 20th year as a rabbi now, wow. just uh, work, working on that, and uh, I'm still really loving it. Fantastic. Tell us about your congregation. So I'm in uh, East Brunswick, which is in central New Jersey. Uh, we um, are the Reformed Temple in East Brunswick. We, uh, we have a, a religious school for our children, and uh, we do all, you know, we have uh, religious services, and uh, we eat a lot. I have like this rule that you're not allowed to do events without eating because yeah. people are going to come because we feed them, you know? It's like, come on. It's one of the yeah. best parts about being a Jew is there's a cuisine to it. There aren't other religions that have their own foods. Well, I know that. Well, there's lots of religions that have foods, of course, but we, uh, but we love to do that. So I do a, um, I do a, a program called Bible and Bagel. So you've got the bagel part. We do lunch and learn, and we have the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah coming up soon. And you eat uh, latkes uh, fried in oil. So you know we have a we have a lot of fun with our Jewish foods. And don't forget the chopped liver. Not everybody likes the chopped liver, but you take a little chopped liver, the pate, you put it on the bread, delicious. I would Ritz crackers for me. There you go. That's good too. Can't argue with that. And then my question about latkes, is it okay to use frozen shredded hash browns to make latkes? You should you make latkes any way you want. Now, I'm a bit of a purist. So I take the potatoes, I grind them on the potato grinder, and I do like four parts potato to one part onion. And so it's really, you know, I love the onion. And, um, and I fry them up and they're delicious. And if you don't get a little blood in your latkes, it's just, you just didn't do it right. That's my opinion. You, you can't, you can't go wrong with latkes. I mean, you know, as long as you, as long as you fry them, they're going to be delicious and, and salt. Can't forget your salt, obviously. Applesauce or sour cream? 
Well, for me, it's applesauce, but I'm a very open-minded rabbi, and my feeling is you should enjoy whatever you enjoy. I'm sure ranch would be good on them. I've just never ventured out of applesauce or sour cream. Well, ranch would be interesting. It might just overtake the, the flavor of the lock. Right. Because you got a lot of flavor in the salt and onions, so but that would that would definitely be delicious. And then the other thing you eat on Hanukkah is the jelly donuts, you know, and those are fried because donuts are fried in oil too. Those are delicious too. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get a box of donuts, jelly donuts. And, and then we go to we we go to Dunkin' Donuts. We get the little Munchkins. You get yeah. the little Munchkins. Everybody loves them. My daughter won't don't disagree with that. We've got the Dunkin' right down the street that she is always trying to get to. For a good reason, yeah. And then for people that, that see you and I and say, well, you're Jewish, but you don't have like a hat and, and the curly hair that pay us. Can you explain Reform Judaism to sure. somebody who may not have encountered the, the term before? Sure. So um, just, you know, every religion has different kind of interpretations and branches. You know, Christianity has many different branches to it that have different beliefs. And, um, and Judaism is the same. Uh, we are all Jewish and we believe in, in God and we believe in the Torah, the Hebrew Bible. Uh, but there are differences in how we practice our Judaism. So um, uh, Jews that uh, have a special form of dress and follow uh, a, uh, these commandments in their daily life are Orthodox Jews. And uh, I am a Reform rabbi and part of the Reform movement. And we believe that Judaism should be both modern and traditional. So we believe that you can be like fully modern and American and fully Jewish at the same time. So we believe that uh, there's a way to follow all the teachings of Judaism and still be a, a good citizen of our country. And so we um, so we dress like everybody else and we and we practice our religion, of course, the way it's supposed to be practiced. But we're we're part of the, of the American community. Yeah. And we can tie that into fishing because there's monofilament all throughout New York City. Monofilament? The oh yes 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 so yes there's a yes there's a uh, there's a there's a custom where you where you put a it's called an aru if you put a like an invisible barrier around for Shabbat anyway but yes that's right that's right yeah. you're right about that you I like that unless you look up you're never really gonna you notice that right. that's right that's right all right well let's get back into fishing so St Louis to New York what style of, of like, angler are you are you the are you a purist? Do you mind uh, dragging egg flies through your Jersey streams? Do you throw junk and? I am um, well. You know, I always prefer the dries if I can. But you know, there's not. That's you know, obviously they're not always. Uh, fish aren't always interested in coming to the surface, and so uh, you don't fish the nymphs and the streamers. And you know, I I uh, I tend to do more river fishing than anything else because I just love being in the water. And uh, I mean, if your if your waders don't leak and you can't feel the thirty degree water, you're not fishing, in my opinion. You know what I mean? And uh, so you know, just that whole experience of being in the river and you know feeling the breeze and you know appreciating the trees around you and the flow of the water it's all so peaceful and uh so i love i love that you know uh, henry david thoreau uh you know many men fish their whole lives without realizing it's fish uh, not fish that they're after so that's uh, that's always one of my guiding uh guiding uh, thoughts when i'm out on the stream and uh, and a lot of times the fish aren't the fish aren't coming anyway so you just got to enjoy yourself what are the streams near you in that section of jersey freshwater and then have the snakeheads gotten to where you are the streams there's uh the musky uh which is near us uh a little bit i fish that a little bit um i like to travel a little more to go to get my fishing in so um i have a friend of mine we like to go out west uh and get some good fishing in when we can and uh we're trying to book a trip for this coming summer and uh, i've taken a couple trips down to argentina because my wife's family's from there so i really oh, really big weekend very big weekend 
Yeah, right. And uh, oh, yes, it is. I guess I mean, you're a World Cup fan, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I think they're going to I think they're going to do it. I think Argentina's got it. I mean, I mean, France is going to be tough, but. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the creative soccer versus the structured European. I want to see just magical feet doing stuff. Messi's. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty cool to see Messi's last hurrah, too. I mean, pretty amazing, right? I think, yeah. uh, I think, I think they have a real, you know, I think they have a, re a really good shot. My, uh, my father-in-law has been texting me. He's so excited about, uh, about this, uh, about this big match. I guess I think the last time they won was in 86, right? I mean, it's been a little while for Argentina. Yeah, Maradona punched it in. Oh, right. Right. That was before my knowledge. I didn't know about the World Cup until 94 because I had always been at Camp Harlem in the summer. So oh, I missed wow. the whole world. I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, and my first summer, like summer home, yeah, ever. I was like, "What is this?" Because this <laughs> I cool. spent every summer in the Poconos. I heard this. Uh, there was like this YouTube clip of Matt Damon talking about the Argentinian soccer fans and how basically, like, you have to like just get the heck out of there. With the, you know when that's happening because they are fanatics and you could get hurt. I mean, it's serious business. Yeah, one of the last times I was in Manhattan, it was the Concacaf Championship. It was Argentina against Chile. And our hotel was nothing but Argentine fans. You walked out and it was just a sea of white and blue all yeah. over the streets. It was wild. And yeah. I guess they're playing at Soldier Field, so that's why everyone was up there. Oh, that's right. Soldier that's Field right. where the Giants play? Uh, no, uh, well, Soldier Field's in Chicago. Um, but I think they had the World Cup. In, I thought they had the World Cup in Chicago a few years ago. We'd have to check that. They but were in uh, Chicago, yeah. D.C., New York, and L.A. with the final at the Rose Bowl in, in uh, 94. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't Ask know the giant stadium. I someone's gonna send me a nasty gram. How do you it's out in the Meadowlands? Well, now, 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 yeah, Meadowlands. Now it's MetLife Stadium right now. Okay. Now it's now it's MetLife. But uh, what are some of the well-known streams that you're allowed to mention? Oh yes. Oh well, of course. No. So um, you know, around here, like I used to live in Connecticut before we moved back to Jersey, and um, and I fished the Farmington, which is a great stream yeah. up in Connecticut, and the Hoosie, which is also great. And the Farmington's, you know, a um, uh, you know, a runoff, so it goes, you know, water comes under the dam, and it's freezing, and uh, that's I, I mean, I like I fish there in like July, and it's great. I mean, that's a great stream to fish. Uh, in the Hoostonic, it in the summer it gets hot, you know, so you got the bass there and etc. But I love fishing those two streams. And then, you know, around here, you've got Roscoe, New York, you know, the, the mm -hmm. birthplace of American fly fishing. That's not super far from me. And I've you know, fished there a number of times. But, you know, that place is packed. And like those fish have seen everything you could do. You know, they are those are not those are those are wise fish there in Roscoe, New York. So you're not really going to fool them them that much. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of lot of lot of lot of great streams around. Uh, and Pennsylvania has great streams, too. I got I got to do a little bit more Pennsylvania fishing. But uh, there's some great, great streams in, in PA, too. Now, I was hoping to get up over winter break with my podcast producer in PA and fish because he's got all the Pocono streams near him. He just blue lines for brook trout wherever he wants up there. It's amazing. I got to mm -hmm. drive two hours and hike and watch out for bears and rattlesnakes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, up there by Roscoe, I mean, you got you got the East Branch and the West Branch of the Delaware. And those are nice. Those are really nice streams. I'm going to fish know, the East Branch. My girlfriend. So I'm going to fish the East Branch. Next year, my girlfriend's masseuse lives right on the East Branch. Oh, she nice. She drives to D.C. for work, and then schleps back up. She drives all the way from the East Branch River to Washington, D.C. for to be a masseuse? Yes. 
Wow. Maybe she gets all the driving stress out on people's shoulders and elbows. I don't I'm just saying, wow, they, they come out of that massage. They're like, man, she must have been working some stuff out on me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I four hours into my road trip to the Salmon River, I see the turn. I'm like, that's where she has to turn and she still has another hour and a half. Does she like spend a couple nights like yeah. in DC when she does? She comes yeah. down, does some work and goes yeah. back, right? I haven't met her yet. She was supposed to come by for dinner. Wow. She's always like, oh, I got to get back to New York. Wow. I, was, I mean, it's beautiful country, too. I mean, you've got the streams, you've got the kind of the rolling hills there and the, the pines and all that. You know, it's, it's beautiful there. It's a great, great part of the country. So what's your closest fishing spot? If you just wanted to go wet a line after work, between work? Yeah, I mean, I would go over to like the, um, uh, the, Rar the Raritan River, uh, a empties out right near me in New Brunswick. I'm in East Brunswick. And if you follow that up there, uh, it becomes uh, the muskie kind of goes off of that. But there's there's some branches of the, the Raritan River. And those are nice, too. It's like an hour, hour and change for me. So it's not too bad. What exit are you on the turnpike? Uh, I am exit nine. That is the that is the definitive New Jersey question right there. My yes. Friend. Is that the one with all the big hotels like right there? Yeah, you've got an excellent memory. Yes. Yeah, many bar mitzvahs there. Oh, in uh, in this area, it, 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 I stayed at those hotels a bunch. Yeah, so that's uh, that. That was like a actually when my temple was founded before those were built. The temple was founded fifty years ago. They used to meet in that hotel right there. It was a Ramada Inn at that time, and now it's a Hilton, and they have like these two buildings there. No, it's a night. Yeah, you you know your you know your Jersey there. Good for yeah. you. Pretty sure my cousin Andy and I crashed some corporate luau event in the hotel. Oh, really? We walked in and. Nobody said anything. We went to the bar. He was probably, he was definitely underage. This was, yeah. yeah, this was 20 years ago when all of our younger cousins were getting bar and bat mitzvah at the same time. Wow. I remember we walked in and just put on some lays that were on a table and nobody questioned us. You were, you were, you were living, you were living it up. Yeah. Yeah. And Roseanne had an episode once where she crashed a bar mitzvah. Really? A hotel. And there was a sign like Schwartz's bar mitzvah. Maybe, maybe that'll be the new one. Don't they have that, they have that wedding crashers movie? So they'll do the bar mitzvah crasher movie. Yeah, you know why not? Absolutely. Yeah, my uh, my both my kids are. I have twins. They're twelve, a boy and a girl, and they're both become. They're, they call it name mitzvah when they're together. So they're that that's going to happen for me in August. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Right on. My uh, nephew just had his this past year. Cool. So both of them are done. The oldest one got into college, so Mazel Tov. I'm not supposed to. Wow. Live. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Where they live. Herndon, Virginia. Oh, nice. Yeah. But you guys, now you guys have mostly the warm water streams where you are in Virginia, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. we're in the low tidal section. There used to be brook trout here, but it's just not habitable for them. So if you, have, if you want to do brook trout, it's minimum hour, hour 20. And then you can go to so the river's got salt water. So you can do stripers, but you can also drive an hour to the bay or three hours to the ocean. All right. And then you can drive into the higher mountains of Virginia, West Virginia, Western Maryland, if you need. It's mm -hmm. a pretty cool area. It's just more traffic now that everyone's either gotten COVID or not scared of it. Everyone's going back to work and there's just more cars. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, getting getting on 95, that's just the worst. You know, anyway, anywhere from where you are up to like Boston, it's just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always easy going to the Salmon River once I'm, I'm going away from traffic. So I have to ask you, have you seen my jacket that I lost on the trip? Because it had to have blown out of my car 
when I opened the windows because it was hot here. You know, I'll take a look when I'm when next time I'm on the turnpike. I'll let you know. I'll, I'll keep my eyes peeled. And, and I'm asking everybody. Like I've asked the male person, my neighbor, yeah. my my ex wife. I'm like, have you seen my jacket? So, so was this like a special jacket or something? It was the cast gear jacket that my girlfriend's cousin also used to sell because they own Tackle Direct. Uh-huh. Um, it was lightweight, packable, and 100% weatherproof. Whoa. The customer service wasn't that great. Uh, the company's no longer around, but I've got a Google alert set up to see if a size medium ever shows up on eBay or Poshmark. I will keep, I will keep my eyes open for you. I have no idea where I lost it. Somewhere, well, I, I mean, it's either in the house, someone's car. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't have like a good fishing jacket anymore. That's that fits that packable, warm, hooded, dry. So yeah, back on the market. Mm-hmm. All right, I can cross that out now. Have you seen my jacket? Oh, I'm gl- I'm glad we covered. We did the doppelganger and we did the yeah. jacket. Uh, have glad. you ever walked into a bar with a priest? Uh, no, but apparently a lot of people think I have. You know, um, uh, I, I'll, uh, you know, uh, I'll have to, I'll have to get back to you on that one. No, I, um, uh, although, you know, you know what they call, I mean, not to be a little go in a different direction on this, but you know what they call the traditional instrument that you put the fish out of its misery with, right? It's a priest. The priest, because you're reading the fish as last rites, you know? Oh. That's, that's what I always heard. But I think, you know, I think, uh, you know, we've got to have a lot of reverence for, you know, I, I've certainly, uh, I'm, I'm mostly a catch and release guy, but, uh, but I, I'm a big fan of, of, uh, sauteed, uh, trout with, uh, olive oil and salt on it. So, uh, but, you know, I think, uh, I think it's a living creature and we've got to give it its respect too. Absolutely. Yeah. I just don't eat them. You, you, you just let them all go. Yeah. I have no, no use for, for you. Snakehead, salmon, trout, I, just not food for me. Not, not, that makes sense. Yeah. I am a big sushi fan, though. I do enjoy salmon sushi. That's delicious. That, okay. that, 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 so that, that. Kitchen was built to be kosher. Oh, so it got two, uh, two dishwashers? No, but like all the cabinets and everything. There's two of everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. So is sushi, do you keep kosher? Um, I, uh, I do not, I, uh, I do not eat pork and shellfish. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I do. But, uh, no, I, uh, so, you know, for sushi, I do the, I do the salmon avocado and the tuna and, you know, all those good things. So I didn't know I was allergic to shellfish cause I grew up mostly kosher. And then when I was in college, I ate a scallop. I was like 21, found out I was allergic to shellfish. Whoa. What'd you have? You have like the hives? Just my throat was all like itchy and tingly. Oh, and man. I didn't know what was going on. My mom's like, of course we're all allergic to seafood. I'm like oh. she would have told me she grew up in Oceanside, Long Island, on the beach. Uh, where she was exposed to all of that, she probably didn't mm, told me. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about tying flies? Would you use non-kosher materials? Oh well, certainly. Now that that's that is an activity I need to get better at. I don't do a lot of fly tying, so that that one I'd like to I'd like to do more of. Uh, this is of course a great time of year to do that in the winter. Uh, you know, good good time to to plan for the next year and get excited for the for the stream. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't you know as long as you're not going to eat them, right? I mean, the, yeah. the you know I mean, the, I, the fish the fish are going to eat the flies, not us. So you know, you make them out of whatever you want. I inadvertently consume probably a pound of fly tie material a year. How does that happen? In this house, tying with a cup of tea next to my, my. Oh yeah, it just gets in. I, I'll find it in a pint glass. Sometime. Did you see that? Um, did you see that story? I don't know if you listen to that podcast, uh, "This American Life." You know that podcast? I know of it. 
yeah, anyway, there was a story on there. I don't know if it's still up there about this guy. Um, I can't remember his name. It was like Edwin or Edward who, who, um, who stole, who went to Britain and stole these birds. You know that Edwin crazy Rist. story? Edwin right. Rist. Right. I, I thought that was the craziest story I'd ever heard in my entire life. That guy was such a fanatic and he breaks into the Natural History Museum to steal all these feathers. Right. And Turing. Right. And he, he, he ties all these flies with them and and then he sells them on the black. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It's a fantastic book. I've had more non-fishing people read it. My neighbor, Brendan, got a copy. Yeah, that's been, it's a crazy story. All to it's five. Well, also he was like a um, he was a major um in the orchestra. I can't remember what he played. I think he played the flute or something, flute. right? He right, he a, played the flute. He was a prodigy at the recorder. Wow, well, okay. Grade. I'm like, well, that's your that's your like ding ding ding. If if you're a prodigy at the recorder, something's a little off. <laughs> my daughter got her recorder February of 2020. And then school ended. Oh yeah, and she yeah. never had to practice that thing in the house. Oh yeah, I was so happy. It uh, no, yeah, uh, no, no. But I just, I mean, that guy, like, what, what an extreme personality, right? I mean, you know, became like this crazy flautist, and then stole all this, you know, broke into a museum to steal feathers to tie flies. I mean, that's like the craziest thing I ever heard of. Yeah, he didn't see anything wrong with what he did. Right. He was like, I yeah. just needed some feathers. Well, there you go. Like selling. Just, Charles Darwin and Alfred Russell Wallace's skins on, on eBay. Yeah, right. Exactly. And exactly. For the rest of, and for all of us, it went under the radar, but for the serious fly tires, they knew what was going on and they yeah. just had to hush, hush. They just didn't say anything. They, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm listening to the story. I wasn't familiar with the story. I'm listening to the podcast and whatever. And I just keep like shaking my head as the story gets deeper and deeper. It's like, you just can't believe the lengths that this guy went to, but, uh, um, um, I, I will say my, my son played, played a lot of recorder. He's musical and, uh, and he really liked it and it was not torture in my house. So, uh, so that was good at least. Right on. Jenna Hager Bush from the Today Show, I guess, bought the rights and is going to make it into a mini series. The, the, that story, the whole story. It's a compelling story. I think it's just, I think it's a, I think that's a story about fanaticism and like, when does, when does something become too extreme? And by the way, you know, that happens in all facets of life. You know, um, I certainly in religion, we, we try to stay away from, ex, you know, from extreme viewpoints and we try to be tolerant and understanding of all people. And, uh, but you know, like fanaticism can really, really just take you down a path. Like I think he had, that guy had it in his mind that he absolutely had to have the best feather possible to tie these ties and so he was willing to go to an extreme length to do that you know and uh, there's always uh you know there's always you don't nothing has to be perfect there's always a, a more moderate path you can take in my opinion all right speaking of books before i ask you about your book in the second half is was it okay for tim watley on seinfeld to convert to judaism to have access to jewish jokes it, explain that a little bit more what do you mean Tim Watley. So the character, uh, Brian Cranston was a dentist. Okay. I forgot about that. Go he ahead. was not Jewish. Yeah. But he converted so he could tell Jewish jokes. <laughs> That's show, man. That Jerry Seinfeld. He's hilarious. That guy. It, uh, well, they're, 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 they're good jokes. All right. All right. You're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to endure this one. Here we go. So there were three, uh, 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 older Jewish women who got together for lunch. And the first one said, 
well, you know, my son is amazing. You know, he became a doctor and a surgeon and he, uh, he is, you know, bringing me such, uh, such pride, you know, is doing so well. And the second, the second mom said, you know, my son, uh, became a, a, a lawyer and he really works so hard and he's a public defender and he's, you know, he's helping those people in need and he's all, you know, and he brings me such pride. And, uh, and then the third one says, well, well, my son, he, uh, he talks about me too. That's every week when he goes to talk to a shrink. <laughs> so. <laughs> Back in the day of, of like the early social media and stuff, you started the fly fishing rabbi and you had an online online personality. And from there, a book came out of it. Is yep, that that's what happened. So, uh, so I started a blog, you know, uh, that was the rage back then, you know, pre Twitter and Instagram and all that. And uh, TikTok. Uh, I started a blog and started writing about the connections I see between uh, religion and fly fishing and spirituality and, you know, being on the water and finding peace and comfort and, uh, you know, the kind of the I call it almost a miracle, you hold this beautiful fish in your hands and this uh, incredible uh, creation, you release it back into the stream. And, you know, so I started writing about that. I managed to connect with another guy. His name is uh, Reverend Michael Addis. He's a an Episcopal priest and a cardiologist. Uh, he walked uh, into a bar, and, and right, that's right, exactly. Him and him and me, we walked into a bar. Anyway, he's a he's a good guy. He he lives down in Texas, and he his home water is the uh, frying pan river in Colorado. Oh yeah. And, and when he wants to get from Texas to Colorado, he hops on his Harley and drives. So I, he's a pretty cool, what? pretty cool guy. Yeah, pretty cool, that's right? Wild. I know, right? So anyway, so um, we decided we would write this book together where we would uh, explore the spiritual sides of fishing from the Jewish perspective and the Christian perspective. And we kind of each write, you know, each chapter, we kind of split it up and, uh, and talk about the different aspects of fishing that, that we perceive. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. Right on. And where's the book found? It's on Amazon. It's called Fly Fishing the Sacred Art. Uh, and uh, uh, we have a chapter, you know, we kind of talk about fishing our home waters. And, you know, you were... We were talking earlier about that, um, that, that masseuse who drives all the way from New York to uh, Washington. And that kind of reminds me, you know, part of like the one great thing about fishing is just the traveling. I mean, obviously that is, you know, you're not on the water, but you know, like you kind of separate from your regular life and you're getting ready to go into fishing mode becoming an angler, you know, and uh, you kind of let the, let the everyday stuff go away. And, you know, I try to, uh, although it's, 
you know, I always say I just leave my cell phone on the dock. You know, it's just you in the water when you're uh, when you're fishing. You know, that's how it should be. I think. Uh, you know, we talk about like fishing our home waters and the experience of traveling there, and 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 you know, like uh, one of the waters we used to fish in here take like a half hour hike to get to the water, and you wade in, you do your fishing, you come back, and we talk about uh, fly tying, and we we have a chapter on conservation. And, uh, all these different uh, and traveling, of course, uh, taking good trips uh, for fishing. Do I get to talk about Argentina yet? Absolutely. All right. So I know we were talking about the World Cup. So uh, so my uh, my wife's uh, parents uh, live in Argentina. Uh, uh, she grew up here in Florida. I haven't been to Patagonia. They don't live near Patagonia, uh, but they live uh, near the second largest city in Argentina, which is Cordoba. You know, I've been down there, you know, four or five times, and I found a local fly tying guy down there, a uh, fishing guy. His name is Lucas, and he belongs to the Cordoba Trucha Club, which is the Cordoba Trout Club. And so he'd take me out, you know, and we'd go and, and spend the night and get some fishing in. And the, the, the scenery there is really amazing. It's all, you got to watch for the cow pies, though. You know what I mean? Like, this is, uh, this is no joke there. They love their beef there in Argentina. We, like, drive out and and, uh, and and we go to these like uh, you know where the, all the all the cows are all over the place and kind of like grassy area and whatever. And we're walking and we get to the river and uh, uh, um, it's a beautiful river and and it's like a gorge. And he's like hopping from rock to rock like a mountain goat. And I'm like thinking I'm going to sprain my ankle and and never make it. But you know we keep we keep rolling. And uh, you know we spend a, uh, the days fishing there and it was just a, you know beautiful fantastic uh, experience. Fantastic. That's the peaceful moments you're looking for. That's right. That's right. Well, we did. I did the the highlight of that was uh, we were fishing in this gorge, and he had me like on top at the top of the gorge, maybe thirty feet down to the water, and so we're fishing at an angle. So like my back cast is going into the sky, and my forward cast is going down to get in the in the in the river. So we're fishing and whatever, and we get to this pool. It's a big pool. It's a deep pool, and it's got a little flat area. And he's like, throw the throw the black woolly bugger in there. So I throw the black woolly bugger in there. And I feel like I hit a tank, you know, and uh, he's like, he's like, don't lose attention. Don't lose attention, you know, and like reeling and whatever. And it takes a couple of minutes and it was a 22 inch five pound rainbow. So I was outrageous. I was outrageous. And I was like, that was it. You know, nothing ever close to that has ever happened to me since then. But it was it was unbelievable. When you first met your wife and found out she was Argentinian, was that the first thing you thought of was like, oh, Southern Hemisphere trout. Yeah, well, not only that, but the seasons are reversed. Yeah. So you know, when you're when I'm sitting here in Jersey and we're and it's snowing, you know, you go down there in December, January, and fish and have a great have a great time. Are you one of those guys that goes there and then comes back and has your yerba mate in New Jersey? Oh, oh no, that's my wife. My wife loves the mate. Yeah, no, yeah, it's very very impressive. Good good uh, good reference there. Um, but they they have empanadas, which are fantastic. You know, that's the. Uh, uh, we call them knishes and the Jewish knishes, uh, the Argentinian empanadas, you know, they put like the beef in them or the chicken and, uh, uh, you know, they're fantastic. I'm, I'm making some today, actually. You're making empanadas? Well, I have a, d these dumpling presses, like pierogi oh. or annulati oh, or sure. empanada. They're six sizes. And then if you just go to the Korean grocery store, you can get wonton wrappers, which are just little circular dough. Nice. So I have smoked turkey sausage queso. Whoa. Yeah, that from the Traeger. And then we're going to put like a spoonful of that in it, and fold them, and then air fry them. 
Oh, air, yeah, I just got one of those. One of my friends gave me those. Do you like the air fryer? I'm thinking about it. Oh, every cook. I mean, <laughs> it is amazing. I can make anything from hard-boiled eggs in there to crispy chickpeas. Is it a pain? No. It's super easy, and it, it just turns right on. There's no need to use an oven. I don't wow. use a toaster oven or a toaster. Really? Turn it on, and it's 400. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I got it. I mean, my friend literally just gave me that. She didn't need it. She used it a couple of times, and and for whatever reason, didn't you know, didn't need it. And she gave it to me. And I want to try fried chicken though. I think they'd be really good in there. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. we did chicken doner kebabs. Art, mine has a rotating spit. Oh wow! And so you skewer the chicken, and then we made homemade gyro bread, and then oh, Michael yeah. Solomonov's uh, tahina hummus recipe. Hmm. Which is the best hummus. I told my girlfriend, I said, I'm going to ruin hummus for you for the rest of your life. <laughs> She's like, okay. And then she had it with the gyro bread and the look. I was like, I told you, you're not going to eat grocery store hummus anymore, which is just all chickpeas. Wow. That is really tahina in it. That just. You know, us talking about two, two Jewish people talking about food is not surprising that the yeah. podcast went this direction. I'm just saying. Who's got the best sandwich near you? The best, like, uh, like deli sandwich. Yeah. Oh, like, like, oh, well, you know, I mean, if I want, if I want deli, I go to New York City. I mean, we've got some Jersey deli, which is good, but like, I go to Katz's deli, which is the greatest. And you know, eighteen eighty eight, they were open, and you go, and the, you know, it's like a, it's a major tourist trap now, but it's still outstanding. And you go, and you know, they, you go up, you wait in line, you go to the counter, and I always get the, the, the extra lean corned beef. So he goes, he slices up like a big little chunk for you, puts it on the plate for you. It's just so good, and you know, like monster sandwiches, you have them for like three meals. It's the best. We used to have the Carnegie Deli here in Northern Virginia when I was a kid. Did you really? A Carnegie? Yeah. Same, same branch? Yeah, the sandwiches were... My brother oh, yeah. and I couldn't even split a sandwich, and we'd sit there and eat pickles while we were waiting. Oh, that's the best. Really that Carnegie's great. I mean, there's so many There's so many of them. They're all, yeah. they're all so good. They're all so what good. about after a day of fishing? Oh, if well... If you're I, on the way home and you need to grab a bite, where should we send the, the people in Jersey? Yeah, let's see. Where should we send the people in Jersey for a bite? I mean, I don't really like after I'm fishing. I don't know. I'll, you know, can have a nice beer. Well, you have to get home and you just take it easy. Get some, get something good to eat. I don't know. Um, there's lots, lots, lots of good places. I don't have so much of that, uh, that, that routine. You know, I'm like, I'm all focused on the fish. It's like get out there, and you know, and I love. I mean, my favorite fishing time is like sunset. I just love being out on the stream at sunset and watching like the whole world quiet down and like, like basically that's the end of the day. It's just great. And then, they, and then of course you got to bring your flashlight because otherwise you're gonna not make it to your car. It's like it's the best. Right. Are there any benefits of your spirituality in fishing? Do you get to catch more fish or see more rises because of the, the good work you do in life? You know, that's kind of like when people say to me, Rabbi, can you make it not rain at my outdoor wedding? And I say, I wish I could. Uh, and uh, no, no, I, I don't I, I don't think I'm a better fisherman than anyone else. Uh, 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 but, uh, but I have as much fun as everybody does, that's for sure. But I do have a rule, though. Which is if you if you want to give me credit for something I didn't do, I'll say thank you. Because sometimes you get blamed for things that aren't your fault. That's that's the way of the world, right? Absolutely. So uh, what can I tell you? Yeah. Does your congregation have any 
fishing events? Do you do fishing related things? Any like fly tying and Manischewitz for the kids? Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, not, not, no Manischewitz for the kids though. No, we, um, I like to take the congregation. We go on like the deep sea fishing. That's always fun. You know, like with the men's club, you know, and, uh, take, take everybody out and go, uh, go, go for a day of deep sea fishing. So, although I do, I, I don't have the greatest like, like boat stomach. So like, like it definitely get, gets, gets me a little, maybe that's why I like the rivers a little better. Although in the rivers, you know, you can get washed away, which is another issue, but you know. Have you ever caught a gefilte fish? Uh, no, um, but I, uh, but it, some people have asked me that, that question before. I, uh, I, I you know, uh, uh, they're, they're on my plate on Passover, lots of horseradish. I mean, that's the only way you can get those things down. If you don't put horseradish on that thing, forget it. I think I ate that when I was a kid, like jarred. Right pickled fish ball. oh but listen to this though listen to this in the in the, on the lower east side you know like uh you know with the our aunt you know previous generations so they would go buy a the a carp you know from the market and put it in the bathtub until it was time to make the gefilte fish and then they take care of it right there and i mean that must have been good i mean it's one thing to buy it out of the jar where it's been you know preserved for a while which is still fine but like you know you you get the whole make a filter fish that that would be good yeah, I've, I've never been offered homemade, but I, I think horseradish is one of my favorite parts of the Passover meal. Like, why don't we have more just bowls of horseradish out on the table when we're eating? Delicious. Yeah, what about like roast beef with the horseradish mayo? That's delicious. Yeah, and then Wawa like doesn't have horseradish sauce anymore. Oh, that's unfortunate. I'll be there in an hour and 15 minutes. I'm getting my daughter's teacher's Wawa cards for the holidays. Oh, that's that nice. me excuse to go get a shorty. Cool. There you go. Yeah, because we're going to dumplings tonight, so I can't eat a whole hoagie. You know, uh, I don't think you need much of an excuse to do that anyway, right? Yeah, and then the Wawa is just, it's new. It's the first one here, like mm. on the street. Gas oh, yeah, that's a big, that's a big Jersey thing. We got Wawa everywhere. Yeah. You can't, here. you can't, uh, and, and 7-Eleven, of course, but right. definitely Wawa. And there are certain places like New York, I don't know where you get Slurpees when you're just like yeah. out and about. That's my yeah. thing. I always get Slurpees all summer long. You name my fishing location and I can tell you the closest 7-Eleven. So that is your, you asked me what you have after fishing. That's your answer right there. Yeah. You got it right there. In the summertime, it's oh, now I just want to get home. We were out the other day. We got two bites in three hours. It was windy. Oh. It was 29 degrees when we started. Oh, man. I, was like, I just want to go home. I've got the Keurig. And I have hot chocolate pods for it. And that's my new oh, nice. drink. Nice. Sure. nice. My dad's very happy. They have Bosco. Oh, yeah. That's mm -hmm. another Seinfeld reference. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. All right. What about your kids? Do they fish? Yeah, um, a little bit. I'm trying to get them into it a little bit more. And I definitely want them to do it. My, my wife has uh, done a little fly fishing, too. She was good, too. That was no joke. My wife, uh, you know, because I think she actually listened when I made suggestions as opposed to when I learned to fly fish where I just got out there many times and tried it until I figured it out. So she, I think she kind of circumvented that a little bit by deciding to listen more carefully. And she, uh, she, she did well. Yeah. We went fishing together. She and I in the Roscoe a bunch of years ago and had a good time. That's on my bucket list. And so I'm going to do the East branch, but I've never, never been to Roscoe, never driven through it. Well, I mean, the East branch, you're only like, 20 minutes away from Roscoe. So you'll, okay. you'll, you'll do both when you're there. I mean, it's not the East branch is a, is a tailwater too, I think. So uh, you can start up at the top there. There's some good fishing at the top and you can uh, float. Uh, you don't need to float that, but uh, you can. I'm already looking forward to the warm weather fishing. Oh yeah. We uh, last a uh, couple summers ago before COVID, we went out to Wyoming, a friend of mine and I, I have this friend, he is um, from Amsterdam. 
and uh, we met and he's my fishing buddy now and you know that's, i think it's one of the cool things about fishing is that you know you can meet people from totally different backgrounds but you have this great thing in common that you love to do and uh so uh we went out to wyoming and uh, fished the north platte river together and uh, took a float and uh, that was a great day too and uh, saw like the uh the bald eagles I mean, those things are huge, you know, flying, flying in the air and, and, uh, it got burnt to a crisp out there. We were out there all day, uh, had a great day of fishing. So, uh, um, it was, it was, it's a, that the West is, I mean, I, I love the East Coast streams too, but whenever I can get out to the West, I try to get out there. Between Jersey, Argentina and out West, what's your like go-to dry fly situation? You got the big one on the black woolly bugger. Yeah. Well, I always like the, uh, the caddis flies. I mean, that's always my favorite, you know, the, the brown, the brown caddis, the elk hair caddis, you know, that's, uh, I love those flies, uh, when, when they're rising. And when I, I fished in Montana too, I w had a chance to go out to Missoula. Actually, uh, it was not too long after my, the book came out and I went there and, and, uh, hung out at the Jewish congregation there and did a little book signing and all that. And, uh, so I got to fish some of those rivers and, and see the, see the, uh, the church where, uh, the McLeans were from River Runs Through It. And it was really, it was really fun. And I mean, no, you know, it's just it's just so different because there's so much water there's so many fish you know i remember it was like one night i just went on my own i went out to the clark fork and and uh, threw a couple of flies out and caught caught three or four fish it was like no big deal there was a nice wide river the fish were happy everything was great any flies that you wouldn't throw for trout in these places I mean, sometimes I like to do like the, um, the ants, you know, the ant imitations, you know, those are good sometimes, uh, I think, um, uh, you know, I like the fly. I mean, don't, aren't there some, don't some people use the flies that, um, don't really imitate anything, you know, they just kind of, uh, you know, are shiny and just, you know, I, I mean, I want to have something that's going to try to, you know, imitate something real. So, yeah, like this fly, I call this my hula girl. It doesn't look like anything. Wow. What is it? Is that like a salmon fly? I mean, it's, I tie it for bass. Look at that thing. Yeah. So it's all rubber legs. Yeah. And it's got a trailer hook with nothing on it. That's got another skirt. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be making these for my girlfriend as earrings as soon as the. I think you should put like a little pineapple on it. And I think you'd have like a little appetizer there, you know? Yeah. I like it's it. A funky fly. I've definitely had some bass chase that down. They'll, but they won't the bass eat anything like they don't care. Yeah, that's the fun of it. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I, I like when I was first starting to fly fish in uh, Missouri, there were some bass lakes I went to and you just get the popper out there and you know, it was fun, you know, just get out there, have a good time. What was it like going from flat, warmish waters out there to New York where there's mountains and salt water? Because you were landlocked for majority oh yeah oh yeah yeah oh yeah no i mean you know that's where that's where i think i really kind of fell in love with fly fishing too just because of the you know getting out on the streams and really enjoying that uh it i mean uh the midwest is you know st louis is beautiful it's a great city but you know but it, you don't really have the same you know fly fishing opportunities it's a little harder and uh so you know there's just uh you definitely got many more streams out here for sure I would be eating toasted raviolis instead of fishing. Well, I, you know, I, I knew we were going to get to that, and I, I appreciate that very much because it's important. Uh, you know, so we take we take our raviolis, and you've done your research, by the way, and oh, I appreciate you know. that. You know, I, and I they're driving cross country in '96. I was like, why don't we have these in Virginia? Oh yes, and then uh, oh no, just out, you take the ravioli, you bread them, and you fry them. What could be better than that? And, and got to put meat in them too. You don't. It's not the uh, you don't do the cheese ravioli. You know? The Trader Joe's ones are really good air fried. About 15 minutes on 400. All right. Marinara. 
All right. And then also, did you try the uh, Provel cheese while you were in St. Louis? I remember eating that, string cheese. The Provel cheese is a mixture of provolone and American. And there's a there's a, there's a restaurant uh, pizza pizza place like a chain there called Emos delicious and they put the like really super thin crust like ridiculously crispy thin crust and then the provolone cheese outstanding. Would you get that at Schnooks? You uh, no because it's a restaurant, but al- oh. also well done. Schnooks is a St. Louis classic. Yes, I grew up going to Schnooks uh, That's grocery I got my store. String cheese. I remember. I just remember eating string cheese at my brother's girlfriend's parents' house. You know, um, you can get string cheese in Virginia too. You know, yeah, it's um, Wegman's is my preference. Oh, delicious! Yeah, and then you got to let it sit out. Oh yeah. And then, then one of the problems with my ex-wife was she ate it like a banana. She didn't. She didn't like. Oh, you got to peel the little strings. That's the whole yeah. fun of it. Yeah. I always yeah. question that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be a little warm, and then I'll make stuffed crust pizza with them. Mm. cut them into quarters and then i just rolled i put it along the edge of the dough and i just roll it mm. and then you have i like the uh, i go to that wegmans i get the sushi there delicious mm-hmm. everything's good at the wegmans you got that right yeah there, there's specific things i go there that other stores don't have mm-hmm. a pretty good bulk candy selection you know we should have planned this in advance and you could have gotten some more sponsorships you know yeah. we could have gotten you like wegmans and emos i mean we really could have really give you a hand here yeah, so the local radio station, when when the a nice Jewish guy, Elliot Siegel, when he worked at LA, it was a starving DJ back in the day. He would have restaurants come in and like cater and give free advertising. That's how he ate every day. Oh, smart. But he still does have food come in every day from a restaurant. And maybe I could get a caterer to come in and feed us while we're on the air here. But someone would well, have yeah, to be you too then then you then at the end you just it, i think that's a brilliant plan because you get the, you get the lunch you have a nice lunch and then you just mention the name of the restaurant at the end thank you for catering from you know emos you're set yeah and i saw in diners drive-ins and dives there's like a famous greek slash something else place in st louis it was like hmm greek that could be the exact opposite Oh, how interesting. That could be. Um, I haven't, you know, uh, I've been, li- you know, I haven't lived in St. Louis in a few years, but uh, that that could well be. That could well be. We've got a lot, a lot of good diners here in Jersey. I'm sure you have them in Virginia, too. Big diner culture. Uh, not like up there. When I would go yeah. see my camp buddy, Josh Small, and maybe New Brunswick. Uh-huh. Yep. That's next door to me. There's also like a West. There's just a lot of Brunswicks. There's a lot of Brunswicks. Yeah. Go ahead. And yeah. my dad would just be drive by these old like railroad car diners and that's like his jam. He loves those things. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the great thing about the diners, you can literally order anything on the planet at the diner. I mean, you know, like eight page menu, like, you, you know, there's not and, and breakfast all day, of course, you know, we used to go to Pastori's outside. I think it was Pastori's it was outside of my my cousins lived in Bordentown. Oh, yeah. Give you a whole loaf of bread, <laughs> maybe four sticks of butter while you sat down the <laughs> amount of food was astronomical you just don't have that down here that's pretty good that's yeah. pretty good yeah mm-hmm. i did go to a diner the other day i got a club sandwich it was pretty fantastic nice but I, yeah i was by checking out some of the river spots we went afterwards and 
got blocked. What? Uh, so where where do you go for the steelhead? You go up to um, New York, right? New York, yeah, the Salmon River. Salmon River, yes. My friend, I uh, when I was living in Connecticut, I had a good friend. Uh, he's a good guy. His name is Bob, and he's a fishing buddy too. He every year would go up for. Uh, steelhead on the salmon river and I, I really should have gone with him i blew that one but uh i i gotta I, I gotta put that on my list what's the that's a winter winter fishing right yeah fall through winter yeah i've got to get a new jacket for when i go up next I, i'm i'll keep a lookout for you i'm yeah. on it you know what you should do you should like post a reward i mean you should really up your game here a little you uh, know like so you could call it like snow white jacket missing you know something like that boards up i mean you know that'd be a good investment yeah, and, and it, I got out because one of the podcast sponsors are are these things. They're stuck in the drawer. These are caffeinated or nicotine toothpicks. Wait a minute, hold on. Let me see. Hold on, I can't. So see. that's an energy. These are caffeine and B twelve toothpicks. Wow. And then if you want to quit smoking, these are the caffeine ones. Wow. Oh, and, the nicotine ones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I was stuck in traffic on 81 in Scranton. I was like, I I'm just going to get out and get the uh, the watermelon mint energy ones. And I don't know, maybe my jacket fell out, but you'd think the person behind me would have flashed their lights or honked. Hmm. This was uh, over a month ago, and I'm still backtracking my daily events with this jacket. Put out a reward. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Those sweet whiskey ones, it smells like Jim Beam coming out of that bag. Whoa. Yeah. Hmm. So you could throw one in during a sermon and no one knows you're getting a little B12 and caffeine. Yeah, I don't think that would go over very well. Right. What about, do you have a, like a dry fly on your yarmulke? Do you oh, I could. I, 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 I could. You could definitely, you could definitely. Well, one of my, one of my good friends at the temple always tells me, because she's like a real, she's really good at lying. And like making you think that she's being serious. So like when I first, I've been at my temple for 10 years. And when I first came, she said, you know, it's our custom here that the rabbi always has to do the chicken dance on the first service. And she said it with like a complete straight face. And I was like, what? And then, you know, so this is like her thing. And so she keeps telling me I need to wear my waders for a service, you know? So I'm thinking about doing that. Don't you think that'd be a good look for me? Yeah. Would you... Were the tallest over the waiters or would it go like in? The oh, I think I wear it over. I think I just put on the, you know, I think I put, we'll do like an outdoor service. Yeah, you know? they like to definitely. Oh yeah, right. And then, you know, you know, the the waiters will keep you, uh, keep you nice and uh, nice and dry. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. and dry is definitely the way to do it. I got my, my nano puff pants on today. My Patagonia oh. ones, because it's just cold and dreary. Mm. So I stay warm and cozy. Yeah. Have you ever fished with Aunt Judy? No. Um, no, but I, I love Aunt Judy. She's a lot of fun. She's a very nice person. I like I like chatting with her. She's got a good heart, your Aunt, yeah. Aunt Judy. Had some, She's got a good some heart. fun conversations. I might be bringing her brother some matzo ball soup tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if we're, we're dropping some of that off, but I'm making chicken stock, and I've got a chicken from Trader Joe's. And You're quite the chef, aren't you? Yeah, I like to – I don't really eat too much prepared food, like – the food from the air fryer, yes, but I like to give my kid a nice home cooked meal. That's the way to go. Yeah. Mm hmm. That's, That's fun. Good. And then I can, there's a Vietnamese salad I'm going to make with the pulled chicken. Mm. Impressive. And then um, for the 
game on Sunday, I think I'm making Julia Child potato leek soup. Mm. We have some nice leeks at the farm market. That is not an Argentinian dish, though. But I'm just I, saying. Right. I don't. I don't know. I guess maybe the chimichurri sauce. You could do that. I mean, you know, but their steak down there is delicious. I mean, they make a great steak and you get the Malbec wine, you know, from that region down there, the red wine and the steak. I mean, that, you know, we took a, uh, one of our trips down there, went to a bunch of steak houses. I mean, just, and you know what they love there? They love their Argentinian. They, they love pizza and empanadas and steak. That's like all, and pasta. It's all you eat down there. And uh, it's great. That sounds great. ideal. Yes. It, uh, fishing. Yeah. Have you ever gotten to the coast in Argentina? Well, I mean, I would, no, I would, well, yes. I mean, technically we, uh, I have also been to Buenos Aires, which is, you know, on the, on the oh, coast there. Uh, yeah, it was really, uh, that's a neat city too. The big Dorado? Uh, 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 yeah. The Dorado in the river? I don't know if they have, I mean, they do have that. that I think that's more in Patagonia in the south, okay. but uh, the Dorado. But uh, yes, because uh, Lucas, this guy I went with, he keeps, he'll send me these Dorado pictures and he's like, don't you want to come back and go to Patagonia? And I mean, those things are. Those are beasts. Those are no joke. Yeah, I used to I think, work with an Argentine, and he's like, "They'll break a ten weight like it's nothing." Well, also they, um, I think you, I think the Dorado is that's the fish where you have to use like the pliers because otherwise you're going to lose some fingers. Yeah, those teeth are no joke. They're like, I don't know, like South American version of freshwater barracuda or like, oh yeah, right, tiger fish in in South Africa, but without the huge fangs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they're. Uh, I think they're. Uh, I think they're yellow. Am I remembering that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, oh, they, right. The golden dorado. That's what they call it. The golden dorado because it has the the yellow the yellow uh, scales. And I uh, know that that'd be that'd be fun. That's definitely on my list. I got to get down to Patagonia for sure. I mean, the other place I really obviously you know would love to go. Do you ever see those videos of them fishing in New Zealand where the trout are eating the mice? Did you ever see that crazy video? Yeah, I, think I it was mean Simon Perkins. Maybe it was under a blue moon. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, that was, I mean, that looked crazy, though. I mean, those things are monsters. I mean, you know, they didn't care. Yeah. I, someone just caught a, a brown trout at the South Holston River Lodge. No, that was a brown trout sticking out of its throat. Someone else had a picture of a rat coming out of a fish's mouth <laughs> on Instagram. Did you see that story about New York City that they were hiring a head rat uh, exterminator did you did you read this story the new york city this is like a true they were they were going to pay one hundred and sixty thousand dollars for somebody to be in charge of like overseeing you know rat killing in new york city and it was like they did the job description and it was like you know capable administrator good with computers and uh, has a vengeful side you know or something it was really funny <laughs> so you know i mean you need that in the city i mean they're they're you know that's no joke you gotta get rid of those things yeah, and those things are huge. I, I'm not too scared about alligators in the sewers. I'm more worried about the track rabbit rats getting you. I hear you that one. I, I hear you. Well, you know, maybe maybe, uh, maybe they bring up some big trout there. We can uh, feed the get that feed the rats to the trout. Yeah, there was a guy who caught a, the mahi mahi dorado on a rat fly a couple years ago off the coast of Costa Rica. Wow! It was one of Pat Cohen's flies, the Big Ben. About that big. Oh, my God. I want to take one of those and just drag it along the seawall of the tidal basin at night in D.C. Wow. I'm sure some monster catfish would probably come up and eat it. Wait a minute. What was the fish he caught? What did you call it? Dorado mahi-mahi. What, what do you mean Dorado? Is that like or dolphin uh, fish? Yeah. Oh, oh I see. Okay. That's why yeah. we have to go by Latin names. Because in Latin, there's only one name. 
Right. But common knowledge, there's multiple. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. We'll have to give away. You know, well, we could, I mean, you know, by my previous criteria, you know, a rat fly is still a natural fly. I mean, get yourself a rat fly. It's still imitating something in nature, right? Yeah, I'm sure they've fallen in deep. I mean, I see them floating in the tidal basin. Yeah. They must have fallen and drowned before they get eaten. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, there's a, they, they use rat flies in, um, California. I was listening to the Guy Jeans podcast. He had on a young woman who fishes for those giant California reservoir largemouth, and she throws giant rat like lures. Wow. And I've seen them for musky. You can hear them across the lake down the street. Yeah. Someone throws a giant, they're, they're huge. Oof. Oof. Wow. I've seen a chipmunk fall in the river once. Oh. And I've seen a squirrel swim across. So there's definitely some mammals that end, end up in there and get eaten. Mm-hmm. Hey, the fish don't care. They can get it in its mouth. I've heard of someone gotten a striper in New England and it had a bear cub in it. Whoa. Old old wives' tales. Wow. Like in the stomach, you're talking. Yeah. About. Yeah. Better better than jo- better than Jonah, though. You know what happened to Jonah? He got yeah. swallowed by the whale, too. Yeah, I mean, Pinocchio. Yeah. I mean, that sounds very, very unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was that guy in Cape Cod last year. Who, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I read that story. Right. Didn't he get swallowed by, he said he got swallowed by a fish or something, right? Oh, a whale, like, scooped him up when it was going after. Right. Krill or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. And then it was like. Bleh. Yeah. I don't think he was in it that long, though. I think right. he was. Only, yeah. But I mean, you understand why. I mean, you know, it doesn't sound like a pleasant way to spend an afternoon, you know? No. Yeah, I would. I would definitely. That's why I don't go scuba diving up there or anywhere. Well, because you don't want to get swallowed by a whale. Yeah. 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 I think. I. I think. You know. I think that's kind of unlikely. But you know, I could be wrong. I get cold in the water anyway. I don't think a wetsuit would keep me yeah. warm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, anything we haven't covered so far in in the life of uh, the fishing? Oh river? wow. Uh, no. I mean, it was really fun to talk to you. I really, uh, really. Uh, uh, we we covered a lot of important food ground, which I'm really glad we did. That's what do people do? You know, we we talked about a lot of different fish. Um, I, I think we I think we did really well. I uh, I'm looking forward to uh, um, you know the weather coming out in the spring, and I you know it's always it's always that excitement. Like New York City, New York State fly fishing season opens on April first, so it's always like it's just like it's the best. You know, you get all geared up and excited, and you hit you hit the stream on April first. There's a million people, you don't catch anything, but you don't care because you had a great time. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Do you go up to the show in Edison? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm, Edison yep. Diner, the, the Jersey Sloppy Joe is one of the greatest sandwiches ever. Mmm. Yeah. No, that's a great show too. I, I, I yeah, I go there. All the time. It's like uh, 15 minutes from my house. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, it's a great show. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Rabbi Eric. And, thank you. Uh, stay warm. I guess if we come up to visit Aunt Judy, we can go wet a line. Let's do that. Yeah, you uh, come on up. We'll, uh, and you let me know how that East Branch turns out. I'm sure you'll have a good time there. Yeah, we probably are stopping there on the way up, is, is my guess. I'd rather take 81. Mm-hmm. I think 95 is the straight route. But if you go through Lancaster, that way you avoid all the tolls on 95, too. Go mm-hmm. 15 to whatever. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All it was right. a lot of fun. Have a great holiday. Thanks, you too. Stay well. Take care. Take it easy. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to 
www.robsnowwhite.com. This podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com.